Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. What's up? It's Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Sitting backwards in my chair, how casual this is. How casual am I right now with my backwards chair? (laughs) Pretty good. So we should address the elephant in the room. Hello, elephant. Okay, that's good. Um, We got a new sort of member of the studio staff here uh, at uh, Wonderful Industries from the makers of New Lamp and uh, Brother Printer and uh, the Target chair we have, Exercise Bike. Welcome, Exercise Bike. Here to get sort of the show's um, motivation game on track. And uh, folks, don't worry. It's a Schwinn. I have my back to exercise bike right now, and I feel rude. Yeah, you are sort of shutting exercise bike out of the conversation. Uh, exercise bike, what do you think is wonderful this week? Uh, um, new sweatbands. Took me a while to think of something that exercise bike <laughs> would be into. Which shows how devoted we are to exercise. I've ridden it once for 10 minutes, but that's okay. I'll get there. And did I mention it's a Schwinn? Is that a thing? Have you seen that commercial where, like, the guy is, like, he buys the woman an exercise bike, and she's telling all her friends, like, don't worry, it's a Schwinn. I don't I'm remember I'm thinking this. of the Jared commercials. I thought maybe, yeah. So do you have any small wonders this week? I do. Okay. Oh, you've written them down. Well, small wonders are usually so, like, scat. They're so scat jazz. Oh, I knew I would forget. Uh, the holiday episodes of Nailed It. Those have been very, very fun so far. We watched, what, three? But we watched them in a row, as you are wont to do with Netflix programming sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. nice that, like, you know, we're always looking for new stuff this time of year to get us in the spirit. It's doing and, it. And, uh, yeah. it's really working. Weirdly, it's the thing that's doing it. Also, just sort of the the extreme bounty of Great British Baking Show that we have gotten. Yes. I feel like Netflix like deployed like five different sort of chunks of baking show greatness. We tore through the new season and the holiday episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, that was good stuff. Just started watching mm-hmm. Final Table. It's not sort of giving me the same sort of feel-good feeling. It's a little more cutthroat, but, um, you know, need a little bit of that too, a little spice in the sugar. You know how they say you should always put a little bit of chili powder in your sugar when you store it? <laughs> um, I got, oh, our fireplace. We got our fireplace fixed up um, yeah. and just lit it for the first time today. And holy crap, is it cozy as heck, y'all. It's real nice. I think I go first this week. Yes. My first thing is the Aurora Borealis. The, the Aurora Borealis at this time of day, at this time of year, localized entirely within your kitchen. You, you know? already did steamed hams. You're just talking in general? Yes. Okay. Can I see it? <laughs> no. It, no, the literal Aurora, Aurora Borealis. Okay. I want to talk about that, the phenomenon known as the Aurora Borealis. How much you know about the Borealis? Very, very little. How much you know about David Boreanis? Oh, way more. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. They're both caused by solar flares bouncing off of the elect- Earth's electromagnetic mm-hmm. field. Both have strong brows. Both have strong bow- brows and appear mostly around the Earth's poles. No, I've always thought the Aurora Borealis is super pretty. I've always wanted to see it. When we were up in Minneapolis, our friend, um, or not in Minneapolis, in northern, northern, far northern Minnesota, our friend said, hey, while we're up there, we may see the, the northern lights. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I got so stoked. Didn't happen is it for the us. Same? Okay, I was going to ask you the question. Are the northern lights the same thing as Aurora Borealis? Yeah, so Aurora Borealis is commonly sort of known oh, okay. as the northern lights. However, there is also a southern 
Southern Lights. I learned a lot about Aurora Borealis today. It is probably the most I've ever learned about a topic that I've like been researching for Wonderful, and it's very, very exciting. I mean, the term Aurora Borealis is great. It's very phonetically pleasing. Can I tell you all about, though, about Aurora Australis, which is the Southern Lights. Wow. It's very cool. Um, so Earth isn't also the only planet that has like a Borealis effect, uh, or uh, actually an Aurora it's, is what it's called. Uh, like Jupiter has one. Saturn has uh, one. Uranus can can Mm -hmm. also have it. Um, So what causes it is super neat. Uh, Solar flares come out of the sun, right? The sun Mm -hmm. is like doing this nuclear fusions, creating all this energy. And sometimes it toots it out. And that's a very, very rudimentary way of explaining it. But they, they let out this powerful toot that is made up of these super energized particles. They shoot that at Earth. Earth would be destroyed by this uh by this Mm -hmm. exhalation uh when it reaches us it's scattered and dispersed it's called a solar wind at that point if that hit earth without any sort of protection that would be pretty much ball game earth Mm -hmm. game set match sun sun wins this round but we got this electromagnetic field it's surrounding our earth the solar wind hits it it disperses all around the earth and we live to fight another day to keep recording podcasts for our friends at home but there's two places where the electromagnetic field is the oh, weakest, okay. and that's at the poles of the Earth, the, the North Pole and the Southern Pole. So okay. that is why in the Arctic and Antarctic is why uh, that is where you usually see the Aurora Borealis or Australis. Now, it can happen anywhere in the world. I guess like if uh, like the solar wind is strong enough or maybe the electromagnetic field isn't feeling it that day, it, it can hypothetically happen anywhere. It's extraordinarily rare for it to happen, you know, too far south. But uh, mm-hmm. famously, it once uh, the Aurora Borealis once appeared in Honolulu, mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty far down south from this from the adds Arctic. some depth to the steamed hams bit yes absolutely because it could have possibly been in his kitchen that day uh, it, it the, the whole phenomenon kind of works kind of like how like neon signs work basically the solar wind brings all this super energized uh like particles into the atmosphere and then it hits when it when it pierces in through the poles it hits the oxygen and the nitrogen in the atmosphere and those get like super charged with energy and as they like shoot electrons out to try to you know normalize that is what sort of creates the effect and depending on like what the mix is of the elements in the atmosphere that are affected that sort of determines what the color is yeah what i was deter- gonna ask about the colors the shapes are like very specific right because it moves in like streams almost the mm-hmm. streams are you know strips of of color and light uh what causes the shape of it is literally you are seeing the shape of the effect of the electromagnetic field you are see it is it is like you are sort of uh like rippling a sheet and pouring sand on it and all we see is the sand but you can see through the sand like what the shape of the sheet is underneath it i think that's fucking radical because i I can't stress this enough the electromagnetic field is essential for earth's like whole thing that we're trying to go for Mm -hmm. down here and occasionally the right parts of the world when the right sort of ingredients from the sun the, the powerful sun toot hits us in just the right way you can see it like you can see this thing that keeps us all sort of keeps us all safe and cozy in here so it could it could feasibly happen during the day we just wouldn't be able to see it i don't think you'd be able to see it i mean yeah i mean this the it's not like the sun waits until it's nighttime actually it takes about two days for the the, the solar wind to reach oh, us from the okay. sun anyway but uh yeah i guess it just doesn't i don't know that actually i don't know if it would show up during the day mm. um but I, th- I think it's really fascinating i also think it's like the prettiest thing earth 
does like yeah. i feel like sunrises and sunsets like went at it for a while and then rainbows were like well what about me and then double rainbow and you double remember that name but then yeah. aurora borealis i think has just beaten the crap out of all of them yeah hey what's your first thing my first thing is 90s commercials fuck yes this is all time i'm so excited <laughs> can we oh god oh god i don't want to cut you off in the past but like are you gonna talk about crossfire uh let me is see crossfire on I the gonna, list uh it is on the list yes fuck yeah all right uh but it, in a very small way okay well when you say the word crossfire i am going to just scream sing the the theme song for that i'm okay. gonna wake up our son and the sons of all of the people living on our street <laughs> so many sons will be awoken by my crossfire so one of my i'm not a big youtube person uh but one of the, my favorite things to do is to watch old commercials on youtube uh i noticed that I was not alone in this when last year we tried to find Christmas commercials to watch yes. in an act of desperation, I think. Yes. Uh, and so I, a part of this you can just explain as like nostalgia. Sure. Uh, but part of it is kind of just the unique time period that was 90s commercials. Yeah, there's there was sort of a loudness to it. There was yeah. like like the 80s, we were kind of calibrating like, how loud can we be? <laughs> and the 90s, it was like, maximum. Yeah. It was like, oh shit, the 2000s came around like, okay, hold on, let's let's rethink this. So the other thing that I thought was interesting is, is you know, the presence and role of commercials has kind of lessened yeah. since everybody's watching stuff on platforms now. Yes. Uh, apparently, and this is a, a goal that was released from Fox, uh, the network will aim to snip the time given over to ads in each primetime hour down to a total of just two minutes by 2020. For the whole hour? Yes. What the fuck? Last year, ads took up over 13 minutes each hour. Yeah. Uh, and so they're shooting for two minutes by 2020. Why? Is it just because of like the changing nature, they're like everybody's streaming and yeah, everybody's streaming and subscribing? I mean, we subscribe to Hulu Plus because I mean, I can't. We have saved literally days from not watching <laughs> commercials. Uh, that's wild to me. That means uh -huh. like TV shows that air on Fox are going to have to change. Exactly. Yeah. No, they're going to give more more time. Right. You can't just shows. get away with forty seven minutes worth of content. Now it's going to be fifty eight. Mm -hmm. That's fucking wild. Uh, I can't think of actually a single Fox show that I I want. <laughs> you know another 11 minutes out of now that i think about it but uh so they talk about you know i read some articles a lot of people have written books too um there was a book called the sponsored life ads tv and american culture that talks about how now we're now living in a post slogan era and that memes have overtaken slogans which i thought yeah. was kind of an interesting no thought. no slogans instead we get logans like logan paul I'd rather have slogans any day of the week. But nobody asks me. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this Andy Rooney character you're uh -huh. bringing? <laughs> Can we mention, the first thing I thought of when you mentioned this is our friend had a party where we watched like, they just he just had 90s commercials like up on the TV yeah. and it was impossible for me to communicate with anybody else. <laughs> the reason he had it up on TV, and I can't believe we've never talked about this on the show before because I think they came up with it and it's such a fucking brilliant idea. It's a small wonder. I'm cutting in with an unofficial small wonder. They do, we've done a claim to fame party It twice. was actually, uh, Justin got that idea from his friend Scott. Oh, it's it's so good. Just get all your friends together and have everybody bring like a claim to fame, like some time they made the local newspaper or like clips of their dance recital or something. It is, it is, it is, you will learn things about your friends you would never imagine. <laughs> it's so good. 
Uh, so another um, kind of cultural critic uh, at Duke University talked about how um, when the cable revolution happened and we moved from three major channels to 100 overnight, um, the communication became super fragmented. And suddenly you had like certain types of ads appearing on certain types of channels depending right. on what they were. Wow, that's a good point. I didn't think about mm-hmm. that either. But like the channels become specialized. So like you and I were watching Nickelodeon. We were just getting like slammed with all those toy commercials that we now love so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, a lot of brands have have shifted to social media to kind of promote their message. You yeah. Know, they have many ways to get at you, which is part of the reason. Yeah, I mean, teens today are going to think about, like, you know, the funny Arby's Twitter in the same <laughs> way that I think about Crossfire. I don't I don't actually know that theme song. Crossfire, you'll get caught up in the Crossfire. Oh, I remember that now that you're Ooh. doing it. Yeah, you wow. remember it? Have you ever played the game? That's it. I think only like 200, think so. 200 people in the fucking world <laughs> did. My uncle Josh had it, and we played it once. And it's actually pretty fun. You shoot marbles at like a small little disc in the middle, and you try to knock it in each other's goal. It's kind of like hockey, but with guns. <laughs> Crossfire! So, uh, so the nostalgia thing. Yes. Uh, a lot of, and this is an article in Ad Week from February 2018. They talk a lot about how the during the Super Bowl, a lot of brands were leveraging the nostalgia for like previous commercials. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the article said nostalgia creates a story where the brand can be the hero. Uh, a spot that harkens back years or decades demonstrates the idea of trust while simultaneously showcasing a brand's longevity. If you can show that a brand has always been a part of culture it shows how it's still relevant Hmm. Uh, nostalgia is a way uh, to do compacted storytelling which is especially useful in the super bowl sure but it's not like crossfire had built-in nostalgia when it first aired in 1996 (laughs) it's not like they capitalized on virtually no i'm talking more like pepsi and coke and like mcdonald's oh yeah i mean how many times have they done like the share a smile with whatever the fuck yeah and when i say that i don't know which one of the two big brown soda companies it is that did it but you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. uh so there was a study published in the journal of consumer research that suggests that people spend more money when they're feeling nostalgic Uh the authors conducted six experiments that looked at how much people were willing to spend donate and value money when feeling nostalgia evoked social connectedness yeah let's talk about my super nintendo game collection that i've been acquiring over the last decade (laughs) exactly yeah what and and one of the things i read was talking about how nickelodeon like has capitalized that on a big way oh shit yeah i mean like releasing all those like dvds of their previous series except for pete and pete except for well pete and pete is out a couple seasons of it right it's just not not the whole collection yeah uh, I mean, this is what Nick Gass is all about, the mm-hmm. Games and Sports channel, which like when that dropped on my cable box when yeah. I was like 20 years old, I was like, oh, shit, stop yeah. ever. I don't think I went to class that week. I think, I mean, a lot of a lot of um, heat gets put on our generation, but I think if this kind of medium existed for the older generation, they would be all over it, too. You know, like they don't have that experience that we had yeah. where our whole childhood is like a little time capsule that you can get 
at your fingertips all the time. It's very like uh, it's it's done to death, right? The only '90s kids, but there is a part of that where, like, I remember when it was when I was like, you know, in my early teens, and that's when you first start to find out about like the time period that your parents grow up in. Not find out about, but like give a shit about, like learning about like what the '60s, '70s, and early '80s were like. And for me, I remember hearing that shit and thinking like, well, that sounds awesome. When we landed on the moon for the first time, I bet that was pretty (laughs) fucking sick. Man, I wish. I was around then. Now that I'm 31, looking back, I'm pretty fucking stoked I got to be in the 90s. The (laughs) 90s were such a buck wild fucking time of shit that, like, as far as I know, just kind of stopped happening December 31st, 1999. uh, And and then, like, nobody wanted to talk about it for a long time. And now we're here and we're like, actually, that was pretty tight what happened in the 90s. So let me give you a list I got from Mashable of the best 90s ads for kids. Yes, 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 yes. Number one. Or should I go backwards? Yeah, don't start with number one. Okay, it goes all the way to 15. Do you want to hear all 15? Maybe start with 10. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So 10. Well, hmm, I'll just go very quickly. Okay. Because I don't want to leave any of these out. Number 15, Mousetrap. Oh, yeah. Number, Number 14, Fisher Price Triple Arcade and Tournament Table. Yes. Clint Wilson had one of those. It was fucking legit. <laughs> Made me an athlete. 13, Stretch Armstrong. Uh, yeah. 12, Polly Pocket. Yeah. 11, Soccer Boppers. You I remember those? No. They were the big inflatable, like, punching gloves that you could put on your fists. Oh. And you could hit people with them. No, we wouldn't do that in my family. Mm. 10, Zoo Books. Mm-hmm. 9, Super Soaker 100. Yes. 8, Talk Boy. Yes. 7, Skip It. Hold on. Come down for dinner, kids. It's ready. What was it for the commercial? Do you remember? Yes. No, you're exactly right. Come on down, Kyle. Dinner's ready. <laughs> oh, 90s kids will remember this. And then, okay, so this the, kids, the list gets confusing here because number six is just McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> Five is Crossfire. Oh, yes. Four is Bubble Tape. Yeah. Oh shit. With like the weird like painted up like teacher lady yeah, who looked the like animation. an absolute ghoul. And it was very much like It was very know, Monty Python in a way. Well, bu- six feet of bubble tape for us, not them. It yeah. was all like fuck the police. <laughs> they can't have my <laughs> bubble tape. It's too long for them. Three is Gak. Yeah. Well, wait, I don't remember so much Gak commercials. I mean, I remember it made rude noises. Exactly, and I think they had some fun with that. Too. Okay, yeah, sure. Number two, Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket, <laughs> with the balls in my mouth. Mr. Bucket, I spit him right back out. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this would be a fun game to play with you because the Macquarie's have an encyclopedic knowledge of television commercials. But here. I, Mr. Bucket is like Crossfire. I'm pretty sure 150 people around the world have ever played Mr. Bucket. I am one of them. It's a pretty bad game, it's kind of chores. Number one was one that I had to find on YouTube and watch okay. because I didn't remember it. Gimme. And I don't know why it's number one. Gimme, gimme. Rappin' Rockin' Barbie. No. That's, it's a, like, that's a deep cut. It's a commercial. Barbie's wearing like a little like quote unquote rap outfit. Oh, that sounds great so far. And these two little girls are playing and we're like hearing a rap about how cool Barbie's outfit is in that very 90s. I see nothing wrong with this. <laughs> this is great. Sure. Nothing wrong with this Barbie. That, I don't know why that's number one. Yeah. Um, I did remember it when I saw it. But again, it did, not, watch it. did not stick with me. Gotta at least look at what it looks like. Yeah. Not ideal. <laughs> okay 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 
we're, we're done. Uh, yeah, so I was glad to bring that this week uh, because I was thinking about, um, I, you know, all the, all the kids watch the YouTube and I don't even know like how to find the the hip YouTube celebs, but I can tell you what, I know how to find the sure. Soccer Boppers commercial. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that no like video game commercials made this list because those really stand out to me because in the 90s there was this trend of no matter how hardcore a game it was like from doom to like ocarina of time on n64 the theme of so many of those commercials will were like this game will literally fucking kill you idiot <laughs> it's you're too big a baby to play this game you baby it will kill it will strip the skin from your bones you fucking infant and it's like dude it's pilot wings calm down um hey can i steal you away It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Hey, I've got Jumbotrons. Hit me with that Jumbotron stick. Uh, so this next message is for Keisha. It is from Robert to my wonderful wife. I don't know when this message will air, so I'm going to take a wild shot and say that I'm so proud that you became the first kindergarten teacher to make a billion dollars a year 
and that I was able to quit my job to pet our dog full time. I hope that our robot butler is taking good care of us today. Love your soup snake. Drag us. Drag us. Drag us in the mud. <laughs> Got us. I mean, it's a good point. We are very tardy on these, but um, robot butlers do kind of exist. What is a Roomba but a robot butler, if you think about it? And I know you're saying it's sort of relegated to just cleaning and sweeping the floors, but I will say, first of all, there's also mopping Roombas, and second of all, you can balance a drink on it. True. Balance a drink on it. and You then can balance a lot of things on there. A lot of there. stuff on it. I've seen a lot of videos with cats on there. I mean, and talk about put, put my nice silver platter on there with mm-hmm. a nice china gravy boat full of champagne. <laughs> okay. Bring that right to me. Okay. Uh, this next message is for Josiah. It is from Heather. Josiah, you are my sweet and wonderful boy. Thank you for always being there for me, never failing to make me laugh, and for putting up with our three gremlins disguised as cats, Margot, Pearl, and Tinks. You make every day truly wonderful. I love you. Good message. Good cat names. Good love. And a good flavor to it. I really like the name Margot. I do too. Was it the cat or the person? It was the cat. cat. <laughs> but I like it in either respect. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Again, what's your deal? <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. Can I tell you about my second thing? Yes. Let's get the holidays going. Okay. It's December. I don't even think we did. Did we do holiday shit in our first episode in December? I don't think we did. I don't think so. Shameful. Shame on us. The creep is coming a little late this year, I guess. But it's here and in full effect. My second thing is the Vince Guaraldi Trio's A Charlie Brown Christmas Album. Have we never talked about this? Oh, I hope we haven't. No. God, you scared the shit out of me. It is unbelievable we haven't talked about this. This is, if if we had to throw away every piece of vinyl that we own, save for one album, this may be a contender for that very album. I, yeah. It is definitely the one that has like gotten the most playtime on our turntable for well, sure, without a doubt. Griffin, don't forget about Al Jarreau breaking away. Damn it, you're right. It's the second, <laughs> that's not a joke. It's the second most played. It's beautiful. It's cr- The one we have is like a reissue. It's like translucent green. Yes. It's sick as shit. It's lovely. It is it's so good. I don't think there's a lot of like overtly holiday e stuff about it. Like obviously it's playing like, you know, pretty classic Christmas carols and there's a few like uh, original tracks on there as well. But really it's just like really good. Like it could be released as not a Charlie Brown Christmas and it could still just be like a great album full of like new jazz standards because that, that, that album is so iconic to me. Uh, obviously it is the uh, instrumental and very occasionally vocal accompaniment for the uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas special. Um, but 
I don't really have strong feelings about that special. I know a lot of people very much uh, like it a lot. For me, the soundtrack sort of is the bigger, yeah. the bigger thing for sure. Um, it's just a nice album to put on at a holiday party because it's it's really nice, like background music for you know a party, a, a gathering of friends of any sort, or you know doing dishes or any sort of cooking, cooking up a nice holiday meal mm-hmm. in the kitchen. It's just smooth and fucking classy as heck, which is unexpected for a child's cartoon holiday special, but. Um, so I, I read a bit about Vince Guaraldi today, uh, which led to me, uh, for the first time in my life, actually seeing what he looked like. Uh, my dude's style is very fresh. He's got a he's got a fucking mustache. You could ramp a bike off of it. Is extremely good. He doesn't um, look like a peanuts character because he, that's all I can picture. He doesn't. He looks like a young man with a big mustache, a big old mustache. Uh, just a really luxurious mustache. Um, and l- like I said, there's a few original songs on top of, you're Googling them right now, aren't you? Yep. It's mostly uh, Christmas carols that are sort of this mix of new arrangements and a ton of piano improvisation from Vince Guaraldi. Oh my gosh, what a big mustache. I'm not joking about the mustache. Uh, there's also a couple of original tracks on there. So I want to play one. Uh, it's it's skating, which like if you've ever seen the special or listened to the album, like this one really stands out because it's super upbeat. It's a swinging three, four time song that like really kind of like when you listen to it, it's like, yeah, I could ice skate to this. Um, the other big original song on the album is Christmas Time Is Here. Yes, um, I know that one. If you've never listened to this album or watched the special, it's inexplicably the sad walking away music from Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> it's just like one of my favorite running jokes on that show. Um, there is an instrumental version on the album immediately followed by the vocal version. I may have actually switched that around. Um, so originally like Grawley had written the music for the album and it was just instrumental. Um, and then, uh, the, the studio, like that was making the Charlie Brown Christmas, like special, they needed a scene where kids were singing and they hadn't written lyrics to it yet. So the story goes that, um, uh, Lee Mendelson, who was the TV producer behind that, that special who actually reached out to Vince Guaraldi in the first place and is kind of responsible for their, you know, union of Vince Garaldi being like the official composer for the whole like Charlie Brown averse. Uh, he, in a panic, wrote the lyrics to the song in 15 minutes on the back of an envelope. Oh my gosh. It's that's very great. good. Well, why, don't, why don't I play a little bit of it right now? The story behind like the singing performance, I also think is kind of great. They they wanted you know real real kids, real kids like you might see at a store, <laughs> <laughs> a car wash or a pharmacy. It's a or... it's a children's choir from a church in in San Rafael, California, um, and 
there are people who are like in that choir who now like have like spoken to you know different documentaries and people have written books about like the charlie brown specials and been like yeah it was pretty tight uh the kids who participated were paid five dollars for their effort not great probably (laughs) in terms of labor laws and what have you they also would take them out for ice cream after each session oh my gosh so the vocals for the whole album there's also a recording of what's the other song that has singing on it Oh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing uh, also has the the, the kids singing. Uh, so all of that was recorded over three sessions over the course of two weeks. Uh, and parents, the, the sessions would run like super long into the night. And parents of those kids were like, what do you do? Like, n- my kid can't stay out until midnight recording yeah. your Charlie Brown album. So they would pull them out and constantly cycle in new kids from the church. <laughs> so the, the casting crew are constantly changing. Um, they were, the, the kids were directed by a guy named Barry, uh, Minia, who, uh, who, who wanted the choir to, you know, sound perfect. It's an album and you, you don't want a, a shitty take on there. Uh, but, uh, Mendelssohn and, and Vince Guaraldi said that they wanted these kids to sound like kids, like on the TV special. Are you supposed to expect that like these professionally yeah. trained vocalists just happen to be friends with Charlie and Pigpin and, and the gang? Uh, no, they want them to sound like real kids. And that's why, like, uh, especially on Hark the Herald Angels Sing, like, it, it, there's a lot of sort of flat notes in that song. But, like, <laughs> it, there's an authenticity to it that's really yeah. cool. Um, I just, man, I just love this album. It guaranteed gets me in the mood. And it does so in a way that is not, like, at all obnoxious. Yeah, so many Christmas albums are obnoxious. And I love, I love that stuff, too, right? Like, yeah. I'll listen to All I Want for Christmas is You, like, the OG cut. And still groove to it but it can get grating after a while this album i i listen to constantly in the month of december and it's it it holds up i agree what is your second thing my second thing is also a holiday album oh boy specifically a song off of a holiday album gimme so the album is it's a holiday soul party uh, from Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings that came out in 2015. Oh, Sharon Jones. Mm-hmm. Sharon Jones so good. I didn't realize, so I did a little research on on Sharon Jones because, you know, she's got like a very like deep soul voice. Yes. I assumed that she'd been around forever, uh, but she, her first album didn't come out till 2002. Kind of like the Charles Bradley arc. It, exactly. It yeah, like. she released her first record when she was 40 years old. It's so good. I know. Uh, so in 2014, Jones was nominated for her first Grammy. Uh, and then unfortunately in 2016, she passed away from cancer. Uh, but before she did, in 2015, she released the It's a Holiday Soul Party album. And so there were uh, 11 tracks on it and included a lot of holiday classics, like soul versions of things like White Christmas, Silent Night, Please Come Home for Christmas, Silver Bells, Little Drummer Boy, all Awesome. The song I wanted to talk about is Eight Days of Hanukkah. Hell yes. Uh, For those of you that that celebrate Hanukkah, uh, like me, you may have grown up thinking that uh, it was a little disappointing. That there weren't more sort of That there weren't more Hanukkah jams. Yeah. No, I mean, it was just that Adam Sandler song and uh, Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel's great. And there's been a lot of great versions of Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Yeah. Um, Eight Days of Hanukkah blows them all away. It's so fucking good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the soul group counts down the eight days and nights with catchy verses that celebrate what's great about the holiday traditions, presents, and yummy Jewish food. Uh, So if you could play a little bit of that song. Here we go. Time to light a candle. 
So uh, another thing I recommend is that you check out the music video for it. They use this kind of animated schoolhouse rock style video that makes the song also feel like from a very specific soul time period. And it teaches you a little bit about the history of Hanukkah. Yeah, for sure. Like there's there's shout outs to like the Maccabees. Uh, you get a little bit of, of the, the foods in there. It's uh, it's really ideal. I, I was fun. excited to find it. I was not aware of it until very, very recently. Uh, and it it really made my day to know that there's something like that out there. And this was not a cover, right? This was a an original? Original. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Sharon Jones was an immense talent. And this this song is very, very fresh. We can only play a little bit of it, but, but go listen to it in its entirety. And also, happy late Hanukkah, uh, yeah. folks who did celebrate it. We didn't shout it out in the last... Uh, the last show we had a we had a nice nice little quiet Hanukkah. Well, Henry enjoyed the candles very much. Yeah, it was fun. I would say, Henry, do you want to do Hanukkah? And he would say, Yeah. And he'd run over. And then I'd light the candles. And... As you precariously lit the skinniest <laughs> candles ever, our son would yank at your pants to add an, a degree of challenge to it. Um, hey, do you want to know what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Here's one from Bob who says, I love finding the stuff previous owners have used as bookmarks and used books. Plane tickets, magazine subscription cards, old coupons. I enjoy picturing the moments of the last owner's life that led to the use of that scrap of paper. Yes, I used to love this when I spent a lot more time in used bookstores. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this I, I wasn't a huge like reader, but my dad was obsessed with used bookstores. Every time we went to anywhere on vacation, like anytime we left the city, this, the, the state lines of West Virginia, uh, we would go to a bookstore somewhere and, and mm-hmm. peruse it for what felt like hours. And <laughs> seeing what I could get to shake out of books was very exciting for me. Not knowledge and stories, but, you know, maybe a dollar's <laughs> in there somewhere. Uh, here's one from Hannah who says, My small wonder today is getting comfy after a fancy event. I just got home from a swanky office Christmas party and I'm flicking off my fake nails, pulling off my false eyelashes and swapping a spangly dress. A spangly dress for a flannel onesie. It's a delicious feeling. That is so good. Yeah, I mean. Getting out of the shoes. Oh, the shoes. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very nice. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it feels nice. I haven't worn like formal wear. I don't think I wore <laughs> formal wear this year. I don't think I put a suit jacket on this year. I can't. Yeah, because all, all of our friends that were going to get married seem to have gotten married. I just did it. And so now we don't really have an occasion very often. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Me too. Here's one from Mitch who says, A subtle but wonderful thing I found this week is restroom locks that indicate vacant slash occupied. These are becoming increasingly popular at restaurants and bars and are wonderful because they remove the dreaded knock and response routine usually required to determine a toilet's occupancy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this this is Griffin's wheelhouse. You know right what's here. the opposite of this is uh, just the <laughs> handle button locks. Uh, it's not even like a a um, deadbolt. It's like the button like on the handle to the doorknob. I don't fucking trust oh, those things as far yeah. as I can throw them. Well, you always have to test it to make sure. You it always really have to works. test that, and then you seem like you're worried there's going to be somebody outside who's like, "There's somebody trapped in the bathroom," and then they kick the door down and they see your butt. <laughs> how? Oh, never mind. <laughs> you don't know how I go. I perch up on the tank like an albatross. Like an albatross keeping a ship safe. 
<laughs> I perch up on the tank backwards. Gargoyle would be okay. I sit on the toilet backwards like a cool teacher, like I've been doing this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun way to potty train Henry. We should really think about that. <laughs> he walks into the bathroom and sees me sitting backwards on the toilet like a cool teacher. Hey, son, it's time. Come over here. This is the lever. It makes it go flushy flush. <laughs> Um, so that's our show. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. What else? Thank you to MaximumFun.org for hosting our show. Yeah. You know what I listened to this week? Uh, the Flop House has a new episode, and they are talking about a Christmas movie that I was not familiar with, and it was very, very funny. What was the movie? You do, do not remember? Do not remember. Well, I'm sure it was a good episode regardless. Um, yeah, uh, thank you to you all for listening. Oh, we have a new website that has all of our stuff on it. I don't think we talked about this last week because it oh, just yeah. launched. Uh, it is uh, McElroy.family or the McElroy.family. All of the stuff that we make is going to be on there. There's it's, a monster factory up there. There is a new monster factory. We're going to be uh, doing those, I think, on a, a monthly schedule for uh, the rest of time, uh, which is exciting. It's also just the uh, like the place to go. We're going to be putting like our news and announcements and new merch and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're partnered up with Vox on that website, which was my former employer at Polygon. They know how to make a fucking good website. So we teamed up with them and, and made one. Uh, so I hope you will check it out. There's a whole wonderful page on there. Um, oh, and thank you to uh, those of you that obviously heard our most recent promo and went into itunes and left positive reviews that said amber is the color of our energy oh good thank you <laughs> there everyone. are at least a dozen thank you um yeah i think that's it what do you say we just sort of close it out with a little bit of our own little like improvised Ooh, holiday yes, jazz yes 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 so what song do you want to like vamp over an, a, an existing song or should we just make up our own sort of uh, I, I, I'll, we could I'll... do like silent night like I, i've always wanted to hear what a jazz version of silent night would sound like do you want me to i'll just sing like the i'll do the melody of silent night yeah, as it traditionally yeah. is because okay, okay, that's okay. what they do in the mm-hmm. vince Guaraldi stuff like they'll play like you know here's what otenenbaum sounds like but then yeah. he'll come in like yeah. so i'm gonna just sing silent night and okay. you just jazz on me. okay yeah yeah do you get it i'll sing it you uh-huh. jazz yeah. right on me yeah okay silent night silent silent night <laughs> holy night oh the holy holy night I thought it would be more instrumental. Here, why don't, why don't you, why don't you okay. give it to me and I'll, I'll jazz on you. <laughs> that expression is terrible. It's so good. <laughs> Let's just try it again with you. Okay. That's not really improvising as much as it's that one song. Okay, I got it. Do it again. Do okay. it again. Do it again. Silent. You're just doing a deconstruction of that. We're done. Bye. MaximumFun.org 
comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. And I'm Judge John Hodgman. If you live on the west coast of North America, we're coming your way. That's right. Judge John Hodgman is taking justice to the west coast on tour. Starting where? Vancouver, British Columbia, January 15th, then to Seattle, Washington on the 16th, Portland, Oregon on the 17th, San Francisco, California on the 18th, and Los Angeles, California, the City of Angels on January 22nd. Tickets are on sale now. You can find links to all of the shows at MaximumFun.org. And if you're going to be in one of those cities and you have a dispute we can try on stage, Send it to us. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. I'm ready to judge you on the road. Take that, Jack Kerouac, author of On the Road.